Hello and welcome to History with Jackson. Today, we're going to be talking about Richard II's usurper, Henry IV. As always, we will look at who he was, what his early life was like, what his reign was like, his death, and then bring that all together to make a judgment on whether he was a good king or not. This episode of the History of Jackson series is sponsored by The Historian's Magazine. The Historian's Magazine is one of the best places to go and get historical articles from all kinds of periods from some of the best up-and-coming history writers. So go check out The Historian's Magazine. All the links are in the description below. Who was Henry IV? Henry was born at Bolingbroke Castle in Lincolnshire in 1367 to John of Gaunt and Blanche of Lancaster. He grew up to be a skilled military leader and fighter. Shakespearean depictions of Henry depict him as an insomniac who was haunted by his actions. However, this is a Shakespearean depiction of Henry. So let's take that one with a pinch of salt. Henry also had a claim to the throne due to his descent from Edward III. So what was Henry's earlier life like? Well, Henry's mother Blanche of Lancaster died the year after he was born. But he did have a close relationship with his father's long-term mistress and third wife Catherine Swinford. Henry also grew up as a close friend and playmate of Richard II. In the 1380s, as we saw last week, Henry and Richard's relationship soured as Henry became part of the Lord Appellant who were protesting against Richard's rule. But they later reconciled and in the years afterwards, Henry went on crusade in Lithuania and pilgrimage to Jerusalem. In 1398, Henry accused the Earl of Norfolk of a treasonous comment. They decided to settle the issue through trial by combat. However, just before the battle was about to begin, Richard sent both of these earls into exile. And as we saw last week, John of Gaunt died the following year. And for some reason, Richard decided to cancel Henry's right to automatically inherit his father's lands. So Henry invaded England under the pretense that he was claiming his inheritance and England peacefully fell to Henry. And by the 30th of September, Henry had been declared King of England. Now, after being declared King on the 30th of September, Henry was coronated on the 13th of October 1399. His coronation took place at Westminster Abbey. Almost immediately after he was coronated, Henry had to deal with a rebellion that sought to re-adept or place Richard II back on the throne. The first of these rebellions was in 1400 and included the earls of Kent, Rutland, Huntingdon and Salisbury. The Earl of Rutland turned in these other nobles and exposed the plot. As a consequence, the Earls of Kent, Huntingdon and Salisbury 
were executed and possibly the order to starve Richard to death was given. In that same year, Owen Grandeur declared himself the Prince of Wales. Now, after a failed invasion of Scotland, Henry marched to Wales to meet the Welsh. He took a few prisoners, but ultimately this was unsuccessful, as the Welsh revolt would go on to outlive Henry and be a constant thorn in his side throughout his reign. In 1401, Henry and Parliament passed an act called Heretico de Converde. This act declared that heresy was a crime punishable by death, or death by being burnt at a stake. This was an act that sought to protect the English Catholic Church, but also to serve as a political tool to investigate and persecute the Lollard movement in England. The Lollards were a sect of heretical Christians in England that did not believe in transubstantiation, which was the belief that the bread and wine given at Holy Communion actually turned into the flesh and blood of Christ. They did not believe this, they just believed that this was symbolic. Throughout most of his reign, Henry faced the threat of the Earls of Northumberland and the Percy family. The first of their rebellions was in 1403, when the king and his son, Henry of Monmouth, met the Earl of Northumberland and his son, Henry Hotspur, in battle. The king and his son won at the Battle of Shrewsbury in 1403, and at this battle, Henry Hotspur was slain. They would also meet again in 1405, where the Earl of Northumberland decided to support the cause of Richard's heir apparent, Edward Mortimer. Yet again, the Earl of Northumberland was defeated, and at this point, Henry of Monmouth's skill as a fighter and military leader was starting to become renowned. In 1408, royalist forces would meet the Percy family again as the Earl of Northumberland invaded from Scotland. The royalist forces defeated the Earl of Northumberland at the Battle of Bram Moor and the Earl was slain at this battle, ending the Percy rebellions. Politically, Henry weakened the position of king as he gave the right to originate money and grants to Parliament. Parliament also forced Henry to submit to a council of 16 men who would guide him in his decision-making. From 1405, Henry's health was weakening and it got progressively worse throughout his reign. It's thought that he suffered from some kind of skin disease, such as leprosy. And coupled with that, it's thought that he possibly had epilepsy or some kind of heart disease. Now, these diseases struck him with acute attacks, and these acute attacks often rendered him unable to govern properly. In 1410, Henry of Monmouth was given a degree of control over royal authority, but due to a political falling out with his father, he was removed from the council but his father continued to worsen in his condition. From 
1410 onwards, Henry suffered several more acute attacks from his illness and they weakened him. And on the 14th of March 1413, Henry passed away. He left his second wife, Joan of Navarre, and his successor, Henry V, or Henry Monmouth. Now, was Henry a good king? In my research and in my opinion, I didn't find that Henry was either a good king or a bad king. But nonetheless, he was the king that England needed after the tyrannical rule of Richard II. He was less tyrannical than Richard. He was able to successfully secure his dynasty by putting down rebellions across the country. So yes, he was successful. But he wasn't able to do much throughout his reign. He was putting out fires across the country and dealing with the fallout of Richard's rule. And whilst his anti-heresy bill was harsh, it was in keeping of the time. The people believed that there was one true religion with one true God. And their God was proven to them to be true through a series of miracles. So the anti-heresy bill, whilst harsh, was in keeping with the time. In conclusion, Henry was neither a good king nor a bad king. Now, as always, I'd like to suggest a couple of books for you guys to go away and read more on the topic. Firstly, it's The Plantagenets uh, by Dan Jones. I think it's an absolutely outstanding book. And it details a lot of Henry's pre-reign life, uh, such as the Lord Appellant movements and stuff that I looked at last week and today. And secondly is Gwyn's Kings and Queens, uh, The Indispensable History of England and Her Monarchs. I think this book has some really good sailing guides um, to several different kings and queens of England. And it has some really excellent points on Henry IV. Now, I hope you enjoyed watching this episode on Henry IV. And I hope you're excited for next week's episode because we've got a special episode lined up. So don't miss that next episode. In the meantime, if you'd like to keep up with everything History of Jackson related, please head to the social media links in the bio below or head to our website, which is www.historywithjackson.co.uk. Don't forget to leave a like or a rating and a review if you're listening in on podcasts. They help us grow and they help more people listen to the podcast and watch the videos. So thank you very much, guys, for watching or listening, and I'll see you next week.